0: It's no secret that I love exercising. Five, six days a week, one to two hours a day, I love working out. To the point where it's not really about the numbers. I mean, numbers come into play, but I'm not keeping this log of, oh man, what's my max? How many reps did I do at 80% of my max for strength training? Oh my goodness, for my cardiovascular system, did I log my VO2 max and how I got 2% better at it? Oh, People get nuts about their logging to the point where I'm not surprised anymore if I see somebody counting the amount of beats per minute in their heart going, oh man. Is my blood pressure just a tiny bit better than it was yesterday? Now don't get me wrong, I understand that somebody might feel the need to do that if they have a heart condition or if they're trying to do bodybuilding to fight off muscular atrophy after an injury. Totally get it. But as somebody that's in good health, I just love exercising for its own sake. It is enjoyable. It is fun. It is something that kills off my stress, makes me feel good every day. I don't have the aches and pains that I had before I started exercising seriously about eight years ago. (laughs) It is a blast, and I praise the Lord that he has given us such great things as fresh air and opportunities to express the power that God has given us in our bodies. Now, for a lot of people, they're not going to do something unless there is a theological justification for it, which is a darn shame because the Bible calls us to wisdom and exercise as a part of that. Wisdom says God gave you a body, you should take care of it. Wisdom says that if the commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but you have no strength to speak of physically, it's that much more difficult to love God with it. Wisdom says that you don't want to be unable to love your neighbor and help them in all of their needs because of aches and pains, personal weakness, Or the humiliation of getting out of breath from walking up a single flight of stairs. Wisdom is expressed in exercise and exercising wisely, I might add. And I know at this time the pastor gets up and says, oh, but what about 1 Timothy 4 verse 8? Yes, 1 Timothy 4 verse 8 says while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. This is most certainly true. I would rather everybody listening to this be more godly than they are physically fit, but that doesn't mean that the two are mutually exclusive. We've all seen the ridiculous meme out there of some dude that's really huge, right? Really just bodybuilder, ripped and shredded, and he's massive. And he has this tiny little puny head, and he's like, so where do you work out? Talking to his friend, who has a massive head. Looks like a hydrocephalic. Massive, gigantic brain and a tiny little body that goes, I work out at the library. <laughs> that's the meme, right? There are so many people out there, especially pastors, who see these things as mutually exclusive and thus excusing how terribly out of shape they are. And let's face it, chances are a whole lot of them out there who are saying, ah, but 1 Timothy 4:8, hey, it's of only some value for you to exercise. You really should be focusing on godliness. How many of them that would ever cite this really do work day in and day out on their piety. How many of them out there are really focusing on their devotion to God? If somebody cites 1 Timothy 4 verse 8 at you, but he looks so overweight that a small light jog would give him a heart attack and kill him, I doubt that that man is spending much time in devotion to our Lord. And doubt also that he's ever tried fasting. And let's face it, if somebody out there is unable to speak very well because he just chain-smokes cigarettes, and sure, he only weighs about 89 to 95 pounds, and he speaks with a really gruff voice. You're pretty sure that if he had to do three or four push-ups, he'd black out. Is that person really all that devoted to God, given how much they have indulged their flesh? We can cite 1 Timothy 4, verse 8, All we want... But did St. Paul walk that walk of just being some sort of monastic type that only focused on prayer, that only focused on studying his Bible? What did St. Paul do? If we turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in the 24th verse, the apostle writes, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. That may very well have included things that are more spiritual, like fasting, like nighttime prayer vigils where you stay up to fight your body's natural inclination to just go sleep, take a nappy poo whenever it's tired, but even these things are, strictly speaking, a form of exercise that makes you more capable of dealing with various situations. I had a fellow pastor speak to me once about his habit of fasting. You know, you restrict your eating, or you restrict what you eat. There are many different kinds of fasting when it comes to eating and drinking. But his point to me was, yeah, I understand some people believe that this is a mystical thing, that in deriding the flesh we uh, get closer to God or our spirit gets stronger. But he disagreed with that notion. He told me, fasting just makes you better if you're always cranky when you're hungry maybe you should get used to being hungry and work on not being cranky if you are so used to being full at every meal that you're really weird and off and your day is thrown off because you didn't get 1500 calories for breakfast and then lunch and then dinner maybe you should restrict that so you know how to exercise better self-control. It's pedagogy. St. Paul says in verse 27, he disciplines his body and keeps it under control, using in the 24th and 25th verse, the idea of an athlete, somebody who works out to get better self-discipline. And he says, I need to do that same thing or else I am personally disqualified from ministry. He is disciplined against what exactly? Is he saying that every pastor has to be some CrossFit athlete, or that every pastor out there has to be a a world-class triathlete? No, not at all. But he's saying that if I don't have self-control over my flesh, and if I don't have self-control over my attitudes, over everything I do, and I'm just constantly in this state of mood swings and sins, and especially impenitent sins, personal bitterness, emotional instability, then I am disqualified. I don't want to do that, so I am disciplining myself. And specifically, he says he disciplines his body. To discipline the body is to increase your personal self control, to control your emotions, to control your lusts, to control how you react to the stimuli out there in the world, whether that is emotional or spiritual or physical or even just environmental when it is cold or if it is hot outside, you are capable of dealing with it to a great degree. Exercise is discipline. And I would wager that it is the best option for people in spiritual leadership positions. Every single pastor and every single deacon and every single lay leader or elder or presbyter or whatever the term your congregation likes to use, if they are in authority spiritually, they should be doing something, anything, to have discipline and self-control in their lives. And you should too, as laity. Anybody should do this. Everybody should be exercising. Why? Well, in the first century AD, you gotta realize, when St. Paul wrote this, everybody worked out all the time. They didn't call it that. It wasn't the same as the exercise sessions of the gladiators who were carrying big iron pots full of water to do like farmer's walks. It wasn't the calisthenics of the Spartans who liked to do their back bridges and their long-distance sprints and runs. Everybody walked everywhere. Everybody was carrying stuff on their back or in their arms all the time. Unless you could afford a horse to ride, and that itself being a very physical thing to do, having to ride a horse. you got to basically be able to do the splits to ride a horse or having servants to carry stuff for you, even then, even if you could afford horses and servants and stuff, you're still walking all the time. There is a reason that all of the figures and statues and paintings of people, they're all pretty thin. They're all pretty fit. St. Paul exercised all the time with what he wouldn't even call exercise. It was just life. And now these days we have so much sedentary stuff going on. So many people out there with office jobs and desk jobs. So many people being unemployed or whatever the case may be. A whole lot of them just ain't exercising whatsoever. What St. Paul says in 1 Timothy 4.8 is of some value is already assuming first century lifestyle. Where you're doing stuff all of the time. But... For us moderns, while we're in a position where our bodies are atrophied and gross, we're not taking care of ourselves the way we should and we're piling up stress because of our jobs, because of the way 21st century living works, and it's not good for us. Everybody should be exercising to combat that. Making matters worse, not only do we have a whole lot of sedentary careers and jobs, In addition to that, we have a culture that tells you to indulge through various advertisements and other mass media things all the time. It's just indulge your flesh, indulge your flesh, indulge your flesh. Eat what you want. Don't do something unless it looks fun. If you want to look great, cheat. Do steroids or take our magical supplement pills to get it done. Oh man, you need to sit there on your computer. Here's some pornography. Here's some drugs. Do you want want some Xanax and some weed? (laughs) (laughs) That's what our society does. It does nothing but shove things in your face that are bad for you, and then it tells you that it is impossible for you to be in good shape and able to perform the duties that you have, which very well may be physical duties, running out of the way of a fire, Picking up your kid when they are tired or you have to get them to the hospital. Helping your grandmother take the groceries inside when it's just too heavy. There's all sorts of stuff that being physically fit does to enable you to love your neighbor as yourself. In our current culture and society wars against that. They want you stupid, lazy, drugged up, out of shape, with terrible hearts and lungs and atrophied muscles and obesity to boot. What was of some benefit when St. Paul wrote 1 Timothy 4 verse 8 in his day was going the extra mile in addition to what people were already doing. For us, these days, it feels like it is a massive benefit because we have to work very, very, very hard to even get where people were in the first century. Most Roman soldiers were capable of a 30-mile march every single day, plus the load that they carried, plus setting up camp plus maybe fighting in the middle of that in case there was an ambush. Your average Roman soldier was an exquisite specimen of human capability. And it wasn't just the soldiers. It was also your farmer, your peasant, your slave in first century Rome that had to do all sorts of work all day, all the time. All the gymnasiums out there, the Olympics that they were doing were specific skills. To demonstrate, say, combat prowess with the gladiators, or swimming, or gymnastics, or the chariot games that they would do, the wrestling that the Greeks loved to do, was all skill-specific exercise. But just about everybody, most people anyway, unless they were disabled or old, most people were pretty darn fit for our modern standards. I think everybody should be getting in on this. Everybody should have some physical discipline, but especially spiritual leaders. It is so much better to do ministry as somebody who can help others physically as well as spiritually than if you are nothing more than a counselor that preaches sermons on Sundays. To my fellow ministers, you can do better than that, especially knowing That doing better than that blesses you. Our God blesses those who take care of their bodies. Period. It's just true. Whoever is exercising, eating right, getting enough sleep, getting enough recovery, they're taking care of the vessel, the flesh that God has given them. God, by and large, blesses them. They feel better. They are shielded against pain and so many diseases and physical issues. Uh, Just working the rotator cuff, for instance, is going to keep you able to drive. (laughs) We need to be doing these things. God has patently, obviously, observably blessed people for taking care of what he has given them. You are fulfilling the ninth and tenth commandments when you take care of that which he has blessed you with. Instead of coveting your neighbor's goods, you cherish and care for what God has given you. Exercising and eating right is doing just that insofar as it touches on your body that God gave you. I know I'm repeating myself a lot. It is a stream of consciousness thing going on here, but it is important for us to understand this. Because we live in a culture that is basically Gnostic. We have massive problems with Gnosticism where we are denigrating the material in favor of the spiritual, and that's not how God operates. He wants us doing both. Now, I think I've made my case here. If you're laity listening to this and your pastor is overweight, sickly, he looks like he's about to die of a heart attack or something, maybe you should tell him, Brother, I know I am a layman, But let me tell you, I care about you, and I want to see you in good health. That's good for the congregation. Uh, We could follow St. Paul's model here. He disciplined his body for the sake of preaching and teaching God's word. This is important. How can I help out? I think that would be a good thing to do. And if you're in the catacomb synod, well, if you're deacon and lay leader, if they're not exercising, if they're not taking care of themselves, personally, I believe that they're failing you. Maybe there's something going on physically where they can't. If somebody's on a wheelchair, I don't judge them. If somebody out there has like thyroid issues or severe anemia, I'm not talking about those people. Obviously, for them, there's going to be issues that already they have to deal with health wise. But if you're in good health, take care of yourself, make yourself better capable of loving your neighbor. And I know the question might arise though of, well, there's so many different fitness methods. There's so much to do. And and, you know, I could get analysis paralysis with everything I'm looking at and there's contradictory information uh, if I study something. You're right, there's a lot of that stuff. I'll tell you right now that you can skip all of that analysis paralysis by exercising Christian freedom. Find something you enjoy doing and to do it. Some people exercise by playing tennis. Some people out there exercise by being power lifters. You know, a power lifter might look like he has a big gut, but the guy is strong, right? It's up to you, really. God gave you a body. He blesses you in how you take care of that body and nourish it, It's an expectation that we love ourselves, since we're commanded to love our neighbors as ourselves, so show yourself a little bit of self-love with some good time, something you enjoy doing. Personally, I'm a calisthenics nerd, but I also really like working with Indian clubs and steel maces and battle ropes. The Bible calls us to endurance, so I like doing endurance sports with the belief that if I can work on my physical endurance then well with all the times our Lord Christ has called us to endure I believe it'll make me a little bit better at the mental endurance aspect of it I also do martial arts I love it I think it's fun maybe you prefer golfing and going out there doing your 18 holes where you end up walking five to seven miles through the golf course perfectly fine we have Christian freedom to do these things and there's no shame in studying up on how you want to go about it. It's really not up to me, but I would encourage you to do something that we might glorify God by being better able to serve our neighbors and to control ourselves when our flesh rises up against us. Now, unfortunately, I don't have too much time, I have a lot of work to do this week for the Very Lutheran Project and for the website and everything. But, until then, feel free to email me. If you have a limitation or you want some advice regarding all of this, um, shoot me an email, very underscore Lutheran at tutanota.com. We can have a lot of fun with this. We can make ourselves better and glorify God and have fun while doing it. What a privilege do we have as Christians. It's amazing. But until then, I'll catch you next week. Amen and amen.